یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 49 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan! Episode number 49, Karan, we're almost at the half century mark and it's again one of those crazy numbers that only two people have ever worn in the history of the NBA. Um, and interestingly, wow. it's, it's a guy named Shannon Anderson who played for your Knicks for, yes. a, couple, for a few years and, and also uh, coincidentally has, has come to India. Yeah, I know. Uh, as we are in, on, uh, on a podcast that where we talk a lot about NBA players who have come to India, Shandon Anderson randomly uh, was invited by Jain University to your hometown of Bangalore uh, two, two years ago for, for their like, closing ceremony of their sports festival. So oh. somehow they got this ex-NBA player to show up, which is so that, random. That is the most random thing, but it's also the most Jain University thing, knowing them. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing. So... We've got a few Indian basketball news items to go through with before we get on to our special guest section. Uh, I think the first yes. first one is that both our men's and women's team have new coaches. I, I'm, I'm not sure if the men's team news is confirmed yet, but if Mark Stein of ESPN News or soon-to-be formerly ESPN News, um, shout out to Roach. <laughs> <laughs> Too many topics in there. So anyway, yeah, uh, so Mark Stein confirmed this <laughs> about uh, the men's team national coach, um, Phil Weber. And the actual confirmed news is the women's team national coach, uh, Zoran Visic, has have been appointed. So what do you know about this, Karan? Uh, so let's talk about Zoran first, just because okay. it was uh, earlier news. Uh, yeah, Zoran Visic was confirmed about um, from the time we're recording, I think about 10 days ago or two weeks ago as the coach of the Indian national team. He's been here all of June. He's a very experienced Serbian coach. Uh, and he's he's coached in, um, like he's coached the junior senior women's teams back in the day when it was all Yugoslavia. And then now it's been in Serbia too. And he's coached professionally mm-hmm. in Serbian leagues and in Lebanon and in Singapore. Um, yeah, so he's, he is now the coach of the Indian women's team. And he's, he's taking us uh, for the FIBA Asia Women's Cup next month. And before that, we are going to the William Jones Cup too, to get some, uh, some practice games in. So, uh, yeah, like I, I want to formally welcome Zoran to, to India to be, to be our, um, as our coach. And it should, be, it should be interesting to see what, what he does of th- that is different from you know, our past systems or what he does that... Uh, that is like basically a, uh, building upon the system that uh, Gra- Francisco Garcia already left. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always nice to have some of these foreign coaches. They come in with so much experiences and such a different way of looking at the game. And it always makes our players better. The only thing I'm probably afraid of is that is it too late? Because um, ideally, you'd want ha- you want you want the players to go through many many months and some couple of tournaments and stuff like that together before. Uh, before something like this that happens, is but. that is 100% like legit concern to have and like I, 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 I interviewed Zoran a few days ago and I did an article on him and that's pretty much what I wrote about it too uh, what you just mentioned that mm-hmm. I don't think coaches can be treated as you just getting a hired hand 
you know, one month before the tournament and then all of a sudden the whole team will become really smart because now you have a, a foreign coach. You need to build a system. You need to spend years in sort of building it from the grassroots. Like what the BFI ended up doing, whether it was advertently or inadvertently with uh, Scott Fleming and Francisco Garcia, mm-hmm. is that they really became a part of the Indian basketball grassroots, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that the new coaches we've hired yeah. uh, get a chance to build the system. Not just coach, but build, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, we know just how much the continued and long-term effects of somebody like uh, Francisco Garcia or Scott Fleming paid dividends for the yep. Indian team. So, uh, he's hoping that yep. it's not just a short-term thing. Uh, we don't know much more about the men's appointment other than the breaking news from a few minutes so, ago, right? <laughs> which is great. Like, we, we, we got this news just last night as, as I woke up this morning in India. Um, uh, Kaushik, I saw your tweet. So, yeah. it's... Um, and I knew that, like, this was in the conversation sort of under the radar for several months, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, they were people who, who've been working with the Indian national team in the U.S., and who've been helping sort of uh, find coaches who who could be future, um, who who could be f- interested in coaching the team in the future. And I knew Phil Bubbard's name has been in in the mix for a long time. But uh, once this is confirmed, and I, I do believe my Mark Stein sources are true in this, uh, Phil Bubber is going to be our men's national team coach for the FIBA Asia Cup, which is pretty exciting news. Like he is super super experienced. Like this guy has. Uh, been a long time NBA assistant. Uh, most recently, he's with the Pelicans. So, but, uh, when he isn't working with the Twin Towers or Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, he'll be working with the Twin Towers of Amjot Singh and Amrit Pal Singh. Wow. Uh, and, he's, <laughs> and he's done a. And, and he's been an assistant with the, with the Heat, with the Knicks, with the Suns. Um, so, it should be fun. I mean, again, I have a similar concern that, like, is he just, is this just an off-season job for him and he's going to go back to the Pelicans? I think so. Or is this a long-term investment? We, Mark Stein did mention that he will go back to the Pelicans front office at the start of the season. So, uh, okay. it look it looks like a short-term thing, but I, I would say that it's, it's better that than nothing at all. So. For sure, for sure. Again, it's it's like he he is a big name, just the way Kenny Nat was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the thing with getting a big name coach is it's obviously you get all the incredible knowledge and experience they have, but then you lose the 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 ability of being able to grow with the coach that 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 Scott Fleming had for us, Absolutely. for example. Not Absolutely. that Scott Fleming wasn't a big name, but he could really devote like two and a half years or something to India. Absolutely. Um, but anyways, like. I want to wish the best of luck to, to Phil Weber and to Zoran Visic. I hope they they are able to sort of. Um, I know it's a short amount of time, and like our expectations are going to be really, really like uh, not based on <laughs> on potential reality. Because mm-hmm. how the hell can they change everything around in a month or so? But I still I, I'm I'm rooting for them to do well, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the the tournaments that these guys are going to be playing in, so. The July and August is essentially peak international basketball season for the likes of um, India and, and some of these other uh, Asian teams. Uh, we've got, of course, the schedule coming up um, of William Jones Cup, FIBA Asia, Women in FIBA Asia. But before that, uh, India actually took part in a sort of practice tournament. We went to, we spoke about this in the previous episode about the BRICS games. Um, we didn't fare too well. Yeah. 
but i think the sadder news is not the three losses but the the injury to vishesh i'm i'm so bummed about about this Yeah so if you guys followed us in our previous episode we talked about how we just discovered this that this event exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh so our team went to Guangzhou to play in the in the BRICS games we we lost all three games which is you know okay the first two games China and Russia we that's a fair enough like those those are top 12 teams in the world we should have beaten South Africa um yeah. but we lost to them too. Um but again it wasn't about the losses as we said it's is about Vishesh getting hurt he he tore his ACL. and uh even yadvinder sort of had a back issue so mm-hmm. it it's it sort of set us back a little bit and i'm really sad that i mean unless there's a miracle vishesh is out now for for a good 6 to 8 months yes um, which means is. including the fiba which means fiba asia cups which is really sad like we we need we actually have no problem with our bigs you know like people have this stereotype of indians being small Yeah. In our national team it's it's the complete opposite. We have so many like elite level big players. Like even beyond Amjot and Amritpal which are two are two of the best um, best front court in in the continent actually. We have Palpreet and there's real hope that Satnam's coming back. He's openly said that he is going to come back to this tournament. Um so our problem is going to be our guards and without Vishesh we are super shallow. Absolutely. So, and especially be, that that experience yeah. that he brings. um it's not just the talent that he has on court but just the experience yeah. that he can carry the team forward in moments of difficulty and stuff like that so that will surely be missed and and i'm definitely uh, a bit bummed out about that because the the confidence was sky high with this team and i think they felt that they could achieve quarter finals or probably even yeah. later this time but uh, probably have to set our expectations back a little bit now uh, but and okay. it would have helped okay. him to be uh, yes No, sorry, go for it. I was saying it would have helped him to him to be uh, coached by Phil Weber too, you know. Absolutely. Uh, like just for his personal growth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it is it is still exciting stuff for uh, probably peak Amritpal Singh and peak Amjot Singh to now. Um, yes. Show, show, show yeah, they're gonna be like the Boogie and AD. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, then we so there's a bunch of tournaments coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so we've got the. the women going for the william jones cup as well as the fifa asia women's tournament which is happening at home in bangalore and the men's yeah. team are also going to the william jones cup are they the men's team is also going i i think so the william jones cup in taiwan is like they hold the women's tournament and men's tournament at different times okay. so the women's tournament is going to be i think the first week of july mm-hmm. and the men's tournament is going to be the second week of july okay um and uh uh the women's fiba asia cup in in bangalore is the end of july and the men's fiba asia cup in lebanon is in mid august um i think the women's team we, we we'll actually have our full strength squad for, for the women and uh, i'm pretty excited actually that they all they all super confident they all they all healthy mm-hmm. um they, they should uh, i mean uh, anita gina kavita like that that core group is looking good Yeah, uh, the men's team Amrit Pal Singh is going to miss the William Jones Cup because of a good news actually Amrit Pal Singh is uh is has been invited for the the rookie camp for the Sydney Kings of the NBL and he has now been invited to tour with them to China for like a pre-season exhibition tour. So if he can impress uh them there he'll basically return back to India for the FIBA Asia Cup and then 
go back to Australia to play for them if 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 it works out for him. So it's a big summer for him too. Absolutely, absolutely, it's amazing stuff. So I can't wait for that news to get confirmed uh, that he's going to play for the Sydney Kings. Although it is the Sydney Kings, it's not my uh, my town. Uh, I'll, whenever they play, I'd be uh, I, I would definitely not give that a miss at all. So it's exciting stuff for <laughs> well for the Indian team. Dude, you need to buy the Kings. You need to buy the Kings Singh jersey. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Not gonna let that pass. <laughs> I can have my own version of Singh is King. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, other Indian news, uh, the, the most exciting thing in terms of. NBA and India is that finals MVP and recently crowned NBA champion Kevin Durant is going to come to India and uh, that that's what we will be talking about for the most part with our special guest about from some of the other NBA topics so um, Karan take us away so I want to introduce you guys once again for the record third time on Hoop Darshan it's a three peat um, Repeat. TV is Akshay Manwane. TV. Uh, TV is Akshay. Uh, uh, Akshay, how are you doing? I'm very fine, Karan. It's a pleasure, uh, as always, uh, to talk to you guys. It's it's one of those things that are on the calendar. I just simply say no. I I can't not do this. So it's it's great coming on uh, the Hoop Darshan podcast. You are our, um, our 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 first member of the the three guest club. Uh, so congratulations. Okay. I, I guess you. Thank you so you, much. Uh, maybe you'll get a retweet for your efforts, and thank you for <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for giving us your time from your busy TV schedule. Obviously, we spend the entire playoffs uh, watching you break down um, the, like all the, the greatest stuff happening in the NBA for the Sony Six around the Hoop program. Um, so yeah, thank you for 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 humbling yourself down to Hoop Darshan. Okay. Thank you, thank you so much. It's it's always a pleasure talking to fans and you know. Followers like you and Kaushik is much bigger than anything else that I've ever done related to the NBA or basketball, and I mean that. You're you're far too kind, Akshay, uh, and all all 25, 30 of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, <laughs> uh, for for blessing them as well. So, um, Akshay, before anything else, uh, I think we want to get your opinion on something that we briefly touched upon last episode. Uh, I know yeah. it's it's been it's been a few. Like weeks gone by already, although it feels like an eternity. Uh, but the Golden State Warriors are the champions of the NBA again, and they won the finals in a pretty impressive fashion. Um, yes. Karan would love to rub it in, saying I told you so because he kind of predicted it. Um, but I, I want to know what your opinions are on the NBA finals before we talk anything else in this podcast. Well, I I was proved wrong, and I was really humbled because I I had uh, you know. Uh, kind of thought that the Cavs, even with Durant coming, I I had shown a lot of bluster and said that you know uh, the Cavs will still mind you know it might be a long series and they'll still hold on. So I was proved wrong and and in in absolute astounding way. Um, so yeah, I mean I was very disappointed and now it it's also very obvious why uh, they lost Durant. Of course, I, I, no no one had underestimated Durant's talent and what he brought to the Golden State Warriors. But I, I thought that the Cavaliers would, you know, come around at the right time, and they would click better than than what we saw. Uh, uh, you know, some of the stuff that they played in the finals, and 
their role players like i mean you, just if you just jog your memory back and you think of what darren williams did or rather not did didn't do or uh, you know someone like a kyle corver could have played much better uh, channing fry didn't play much uh, jr smith was not there in the first two or three games uh, he contributed i think only in games 4 and 5 Uh, so there was just so much that was not happening when uh, like kevin love played in the first couple of games and then disappeared uh, in in game 4 and 5 you know and if you had to beat the warriors you just had to have your a game firing on all fronts offensively defensively bench players uh, starting five uh, right through the series that didn't happen for the cavaliers and you know they were just beaten by a much much uh, better team that's that's absolutely right so karan and i we spoke about this in the previous episode as well that the game 4 win that the cavs had they ended up yeah. shooting a record number of three pointers record number yeah. of points in a quarter and a half and everything and like everybody to to the best possible um, abilities they contributed to the team victory and like doing that four times against that warriors team seems like something that's not humanly possible so uh, congrats to the warriors for winning the title and i have to begrudgingly acknowledge and uh, g- give Draymond Green a ring that's uh, it's always a hard thing to do but <laughs> <laughs> yes yes uh, so immediately just a few days after that i feel like nba is now we don't even talk about the finals or the winners or anything like that uh, immediately after the finals finishes we we end up talking about them for the next few hours maybe but the focus suddenly turns to the draft and the free agency and stuff like that we'll probably yes. talk a little more about the free agency a little later but um, but the draft so karan and i again last week were really excited for our own um for our own beloved team's fate or miss fate of being in the draft uh, i i ended up pretty happy with lonzo ball on my team and i'm i think i'm uh, I, i can speak for karan in saying that he's happy that porzingis did not get traded more than anything else that's that's a win for the Knicks just just cuz phil jackson didn't go to zen you know he stayed yeah but you never know it could still happen it could. you never uh, know anything um, is possible anything actually actually this is actually like a particular issue that i'm glad i'm your head to talk with with me about because you are one of like the foremost sort of like experts in india on the phil jackson legacy you know i know you've read a lot of his books and you've really been into like all phil jackson did in the 90s for the bulls yeah. except and yeah. the lakers and obviously cautioned you as a laker fan too like we all like acknowledge that he's possibly the greatest coach of all time or if not if not the greatest at least top 3 yeah um this the, the phil jackson of the 2000 of this decade is destroying the phil jackson of the past like his entire he's in my eyes he's you know it's a different person almost like i, I cannot even think it's the same human being that was doing all those great like there was such a great basketball mind at a certain time uh yes. the way he's running the next now it's it's really sad Yeah, I, I I agree with you. In fact, <clears throat> the the point that I, I I've been having this discussion even with some of my colleagues and some other people who follow the game very passionately. But I think the problem with Phil Jackson, or you know, why we can't uh, with authority say that he is definitely the greatest coach ever, despite all the silverware that he's won, uh, and you know, he's won three peats with the Lakers, the Bulls, six with the Bulls. The, the reason we I, I tend to hold that and you know I, over the years Greg Popovich has kind of I would like to say that he's probably supplanted Jackson as probably a better coach is because 
Greg Popovich has evolved with the times, with the teams that he's had. Like you know, with Very Duncan true. and Robinson, he played in the post, and then as the league embraced three-point shooting, he evolved into a three-point shooting team. Now again, this year, I mean, had Leonard not got injured, they were looking to play through their front court. You know, that's where their advantage was vis-a-vis the Warriors, and that just showed a man who, while he is aging, was willing to evolve with the pieces that he had, or where he thought. you know he had a competitive advantage with jackson the problem is that you know we've we've already seen this irrespective of what he does with porzingis or does not do and i hope he does not do but the problem is that you know that triangle concept has not left phil jackson it's like he's he believes that that triangle is going to fit yeah. every single problem that is there with the nicks and the nicks problems are not just with how they play on the court there is a problem with the franchise with you know how it is uh, you know run uh, jackson has a big part of it uh, you can't trade the very man who uh, was probably the best thing that you did with the nicks right in in your two or three years that you've been there and now and you want to trade that very player I and it was know. sort of a fluke how porzingis became what he did like i don't think phil jackson was a genius to to draft porzingis i agree you know what i mean like he um and oh my god if if porzingis uh, there'll be a hole in my heart if porzingis is traded like i'll be i'm yes. going to be in, i'm going to be in like monwatt for a good like 10 days <laughs> like, right even for, <laughs> even for all the shit that you've been through as a Knicks fan that has to be like this might actually be the worst this might yes. be the lowest yeah <laughs> no and the thing is that you know you just look at i mean what's happening one of the problems that i have with old uh, or pa- legends from the past coming back to teams in any capacity or or coming back to the game is that you know we have this kind of nostalgic view of all the greats whether it is in the game of basketball or cricket or any other sport and we feel that you know their magic is going to continue it doesn't work that way reality is very different times change uh, the way the games are played change uh, the the the, uh, the generation of today really doesn't care for what generations uh, past have done right so it requires a certain kind of mind to be willing to evolve and accept change accept that you're no longer the alpha dog in the room and on that count i i just like i i i was not a fan of uh, the lakers bringing in magic johnson because i i feared that you know this might be a similar kind of situation where you know magic will want to kind of stamp his authority and remind everyone that you know i am showtime magic and you know this is what i did that's in the past but whatever he's done since he came and it's a very short time and this may not be the definitive way to judge him i've liked what he's done they got a good guy they made a a, a couple of good moves uh uh, uh you know uh, trade uh, uh, and they look to be heading down the right path hey, so i'm the not the only one just... here with the foolish optimism about magic then thank you actually no, no, I, I, i like and even I... stamp <laughs> um akshay tell us who else do you like from the draft i mean obviously it feels like we're all sort of in agreement with lonzo ball being a pretty good player despite his dad's craziness um he's a big boy who was who was who was who was do you like from the draft i i i like obviously i mean falls is a is a, you know markel falls is an obvious name and and it's not just about w- the player that he is i i uh, the interesting thing is what the direction the 76ers are taking you know 
So for the longest time, the 76ers have been right at the bottom of the heap. You can't even call them below average, right? But now you look at that core which has been put together. There is uh, uh, Dario Saric, there's uh, Ben Simmons, there's Joel Embiid. Uh, and uh, here you have Mark and Fultz who fits in. You know, they, they I think, uh, was it Embiid or someone else who already is Christian them? The Feds. The Feds. You know? Yeah, the yes. Feds. Yeah. So I, I'm happy with that, that direction. Now, the thing over there is, I think they need a couple of veteran uh, kind of, you know, players either coming off the bench or maybe a fifth man who kind of, you know, is able to mold uh, them into getting the right kind of attitude going you know talent only takes you that far beyond that it's an approach to the game etc uh, so i'm really happy with what philly are are, are doing so here's my prediction the, the process will go on for one more year i agree it's not done yet like yeah, they're not, not done yet. Uh, I, I don't know if they have they don't have any more draft picks next year right? i think i think that was part of the trade that went to so then yes, they'll, they'll have their own pick they'll have their own <coughs> yeah they'll have the laker one yeah um I, they're gonna be again like a twenty-five or thirty-win team. Um, if they and, can and stay fit, or else it could be lesser. Well, well, yeah, they should be called Philadelphia in case they stay fit. That should be the team's <laughs> new name. <laughs> because we say that every time we talk about them. That's true. <laughs> um, Correct. Yeah, so I feel it'll go on for one more year. They'll have one more like top seven pick. And then they'll do something smart like trade for a veteran and you know um, mm-hmm. and move forward. Um, anyone else? So, so what was your opinion on um, the Celtics trading down? No, uh, and I was just going to come back to that. That to me, the Celtics, I think Danny Ainge has this kind of mindset that look, what can we do as long as LeBron is in the East, right? So I don't think. Danny Ainge thinks that they can do any better. I mean, okay, so you might not lose 4-1, you might lose in 7 games, but you're still going to lose to the Cavs uh, <coughs> the way uh, the way Cleveland are. I mean, with LeBron being in the form that he is, and I don't see any reason for him, uh, you know, at least losing steam, at least in the next couple of years, at least in the time that he touches 34-35. He's 32 today, right? So, what is the maximum that any other team in the East can do? They can only go up to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? They were the number one seed. Assuming Cleveland were number six or number seven also, they would still make it to the NBA Finals. So, I think the reason uh, uh, Danny Ainge is still accumulating all these picks, trading down, he still has, I think, a couple of number one picks going forward. Is because he is preparing for life post 2020 when probably LeBron is around 36, right? And I think keep yourself relevant in the present, the present being between 2017 to 2020, okay? Make sure you are a playoff bound team, you get the fans on the seats during playoff time, and then beyond 2020, become a true championship contender in the post LeBron James era or the LeBron James on his downward spiral era. So, I think that's what he's doing. So, here's my counter to that. I really dislike that kind of thinking personally because I feel if you're so close to being, like if, if you're a team that was a number one ranked team in the East and I get it, like they were one of the worst number ones ever. Like they only won 53 games or something and they were number one. But if you're close enough to the finals, that you're in the conference finals and, and you have the money and the assets, I think that the NBA is so unpredictable with injuries and luck. 
that you just have to go for it. Like we saw it, it happened with, um, okay, so for example, we knew the Spurs were probably not going to beat the Warriors even with Kawhi, but Kawhi going down really changed that series completely. It became like a dud. It was, yes. it, they made the Spurs who were a 60-win team look like a lottery team almost, you know? Yes. I think anything can happen and I feel when you're so close, I, I don't think waiting for LeBron to not be good enough is something because someone else might be better by then. Maybe by then the Greek freak will be the next big thing and all of a sudden he's beating everybody, you know? Correct. So, uh, so I, in my opinion, like, and this is the same way why I felt like the Thunder trading Harden too early was also a mistake. Like, I think if you, if you are in the window to be great, I think you should go for it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder thing is a bit different though, I think, in my opinion. Like, that comes down to salary gap and this owner profile of them not just wanting to pay luxury tax at all. So that's completely different. But I, I think I'm, I'm in your corner a little bit current here that I think this is not a good strategy from Danny Ainge. I also think it's a, it's such a like bad outlook and such a safe strategy that he's just prolonging his own window to do Okay, so, so let me... Let, sorry, sorry to interrupt both of you, but both of you are uh, uh, saying that this is not a great strategy by Danny Ainge. So here's my point. I, I am with you on this. I am saying that this is what I thought he's doing. Do you mm-hmm. disagree with me over there? Because do you think he should so, have traded down? Kaushik, so I'm asking so, you this. So Why do you think he traded down? I, I personally think he traded down because uh, he wasn't convinced by Fultz. And yeah. he, he just believed that the guy they wanted, if they, if he was available at number three, might still squeeze somebody out of a pick for it. So that's that thinking I agree with. I just, I, I'm talking about moves going forward. So they're obviously, they might try to get Gordon Hayward, but I, I would put my money on him staying there. Uh, but just passing up on Jimmy Butler and potentially passing up on Paul George, that kind of moves. I think th- those kind of players could have taken them to the to the next level. So, and I don't think they'd be willing to do that for the reasons that Karan mentioned. And that's that's not an outlook that I and, personally agree with. And and I'm still mad that that they didn't trade for either Butler or George in February. Like they they were so close to being, um, like maybe they would have still lost, but. Why not just go for it? Like you have the assets, make that trade, become a real uh, challenger because you know anything can happen. You know uh, that first uh, playoff run that the Cavs went to the finals. Kevin Love got hurt in the very first game of the playoffs, and you know, like I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but I'm saying you just have to be prepared. You just have to have your best um, roster together. Yeah. But anyways. Um, uh, actually, uh, just one more thing about the draft before we probably move forward. A- a- anybody else beyond the top three, four that you kind of have your eye out for and that you think might be uh, a decent player going forward? Well, uh, I think uh, <clears throat> let's just go and look at some of these other guys like, you know, D. Adam Fox, for example, uh, uh, Sacramento Kings or uh, even someone. Uh, uh, in fact, this was a surprise if you think about it. That uh, Malik Monk, for for the longest time, he was uh, assumed to be, well, not top one, two, but, you know, four, five. And then he fell all the way outside uh, the top ten and he's gone to uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Right. So that was an interesting thing. So, you know, for some for someone who for some time was considered to be going, let's say, at three, four, five, but then suddenly falls right outside the top ten. 
was uh, a, a little uh, surprising for me but then i'm thinking that that perhaps will give this guy uh, you know an interesting uh, reason to kind of you know prove all these doubters wrong uh, people who doubted him and didn't pick him 4 5 6 7 for uh, someone who's who's you know kind of being in the mock drafts going at 4 5 and then suddenly goes out of top 10 sometimes that serves as motivation so it will be interesting to see where he goes absolutely uh, current current any picks that stand out for you what what are your thoughts on frank i dilikina how do you say dilikina i like the pick but i i also agree with um, akshay that malik monk is the steal of the draft so mm-hmm. i feel that the knicks will be happy with dilikina but they are going to regret not getting monk like monk to me is uh, <coughs> is, is the perfect player for the way the nba is played now and he's going to be a superstar um hey, he doesn't in, play the triangle it, man that that's really <laughs> what happens he doesn't and until likina is going to be good tilikina from everything i've heard about him he's a super intelligent guy he's supposed to be like a more athletic shawn livingston mm-hmm. um which i i think like this is a deep draft so i think he'll be just an above average nba point guard whereas um monk could be a star uh, in in dwight howard's charlotte hornets uh, <laughs> so above what you Uh, Koshik, any any anyone to keep an eye on? Uh, not entirely for the players' perspective, but I think we should keep an eye out for Lowry, Markin, and Chris Dunn, and so and so. No, re- I I really want to talk about the Jimmy Butler trade more than anything else. <laughs> oh man, that <laughs> no, was just, a steal! Just I, I was I'm clapping just, my hands for Minnesota for actually for doing that. That 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 was a great trade for them. I agree. But I agree. Just I just, just one just one very small uh, thing on on the draft is that you know we've spoken about Fultz and we've spoken about Boston and them trading down and uh, Malik Monk falling out of the top ten. but lonzo ball you know i mean given the amount of chatter that was there about the guy and the lakers get him and all we're forgetting about the fact that you know given the number of people his dad called out in the days leading up to the draft and the number of chat shows that he went on and the number of controversies that he created this guy is you know he's going to have a, like he's a marked guy now in the league and you know joel embiid has already asked for his teammates to dunk so hard on lonzo ball it's that it's going to be fun <laughs> LeBron's going to be after him because you know his dad made very personal comments against LeBron's kids, and you know all of that. Uh, so you know, uh, I, I feel sorry for Lonzo Ball. So it'll be interesting also to see how he maintains his calm and composure in these first couple of years before all of that is forgotten. Yeah, well, that I don't think be forgotten too soon because his dad's going to be around promoting every son. There's like six more balls coming. Uh, as long as he's not in, in, busy in the WWE, I believe he made his debut there today. Yeah, he made his WWE debut. <laughs> yes. No, and, and Akshay, totally <laughs> I totally agree with you. Akshay, I totally agree with you because he's also he's gone to the Lakers, which is one of the yeah. most like spotlighted franchise in history. Magic Johnson came out yesterday and said his name is going to be in the rafters one day. So there's a lot of pressure on this kid. He's yes. super talented. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he. How the psychological part of this works out? Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually like super impressed with Lonzo's um, like attitude and outlook for a guy who's 18, 19 years old, and for for someone who has a character like Lavar Paul with him 24/7, <laughs> he's got supreme confidence in the way he speaks of himself. Like I wish I had that kind of confidence, and I'm 30 years old almost. So it's it's uh, I, I feel safe with Lonzo Ball. You know, even with all these. 
crazy things around him. I feel like he's got the right mindset, right outlook and everything. And this is not just foolish optimism again. I I think there is something to it. Uh, because I've, I've seen other people also with similar takeaways and I feel like it's not just Lakers fans who want to believe that. Uh, do, do, you guys, do you guys agree with what I'm saying? It's It's been like that with young players, I think, ever since LeBron. I think... These kids at 18, not all of them, but I would say a lot of these kids who are who are getting the hype machine behind them in high school. Yeah. From that age, from 18, 19, they're super mature. They know what to say. They know the right things to do. No matter how crazy their dads might be. Um, but, but I think like like Le- Le- LeBron in my eyes was a game changer in that way. I'm not even talking about like how game changer he's been on court. I mean, in terms yeah. of how he handled fame from 15 years onwards, yeah. has had no controversy off the court. Yeah. You know, um, that to me is actually the most impressive thing. Basically, he's one of the most like scrutinize human beings on earth yeah and, and yes, see, the biggest thing he did wrong right that's yeah that's saying but, but and which wasn't even like a scandalous thing it was a yeah. annoying thing but it wasn't scandalous so to say you know yeah um yeah so okay, and i feel so i feel even like i think i'm not even surprised by lonzo ball being mature now because i've seen uh, a lot of these young players who are mature far over the years now because they're they're just schooled mm-hmm. to be that way from a young age yeah that's true Let's let's quickly talk some uh, NBA awards. Uh, Akshay, we'll start with you. Dad, sure. Russell Westbrook, most valuable player. Is was that surprising to you, or was it your pick at all? Oh, uh, I wanted him to win. Uh, I, and I, I'll be honest with you. For my ranking was Westbrook, Leonard, uh, Harden. Uh, I would have been a little upset if Harden had got the award ahead of these two guys because I think. What Westbrook did was absolutely, I mean, we don't need to say it again and again. It was unique. It was, it, it happened 55 years after it first happened. He went one better than Oscar Robertson in terms of the number of triple doubles that he uh, uh, put, 42. He had 28 triple doubles against uh, 28 of the league's, th- uh, uh, 27 of the league's 29 teams. Uh, when when he posted a, a, a triple double off his 42 triple doubles, 33 times the Oklahoma City Thunder won, and they won only 47 games in this season. Uh, without a doubt, his contribution meant much more to you know what, in my opinion, to what the other two teams did. I would have given him uh, you know the the first place vote uh, had I been on that panel. Uh, for me, I was glad that they didn't make it out to be. That you know, oh, he, his team won the fewest games amongst Leonard and Harden. What he did was absolutely phenomenal. The reason we celebrate Oscar Robertson again and again is because what he did in that season. We cannot be saying uh, 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 celebrating these guys if we don't acknowledge it. We acknowledged it in in this day and age, and I think that was phenomenal. Uh, Karan, what are your thoughts on the MVP? So, I really like this debate right now because all three of us are going to have three different answers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I agree with Akshay on the, on the fact that we, have, we acknowledge the greatness of Westbrook. But like, and I know uh, Koshik's counter-argument to that would be that Harden is being penalized for having two fewer rebounds, but he won 10 more games. But basically, in my opinion, what was an equally good or bad team. I don't think the Rockets were a bad great roster either, you know. Uh, but but yeah, the system worked for Harden's advantage. But really, my vote would go to, to Kawhi Leonard. I think the, the Spurs won over 60 games. He was the best two-way player in the league. And uh, let's be real, like there was no other 
all-star player in that team. The only other team to win one win 60 games had four all-stars in it. The Spurs had one, and he did basically everything for that team. And uh, to me, this was one of the great, closest MVP races of all time. So I, w- I wouldn't be mad if either of those three won. And I'm really happy that for Westbrook that he did. But my vote would have gone to Kawhi. Yeah, I, I, I start. With oh, who would who would you thing. give your number two vote to? Just so, sorry, who would you give your? Uh, it's I I think I would Harden. I would have gone Westbrook, but it's like it's it, that's not an insult to Harden. It's just I, I it's such a close number two. Like all three are very close. So I would have gone Westbrook, but if if you tell me the order completely differently, I would agree with you too. Yeah, it's it's they they were all so good this year. Yeah, I I would start with the same disclaimer and saying that if any of those three guys won, they would like completely deserve it. It's been it's been a race like that, uh, and what all three of them done have done on individual level is absolutely amazing. It's a great achievement, and then it comes down to what the semantics of the M- M- MVP mean to you. So for me, I go by this weird formula where like the the individual performance of a particular player and how that. elevates or uh, impacts the way his team plays and his teammates play and then how that ends up resulting in as many wins as possible so like it's a really really subjective formula and i think that in in that particular format uh, harden leads the race and I, i think he for me he he's a step above kawhi leonard because i think that there's more to the spurs system and there's more to the way they run as a team than just Kawhi of course he takes them to that level that they would not achieve without him but i think that in terms of like impact of a particular player's abilities and style and performances i felt like Houston and Harden had the most in 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 my weird little formula so that's why i that, that would have been my pick but at the same time like like you said Karan if any of those three guys had won i'd had stand up and clap the way i did for uh, Russell Westbrook was a good speech too yeah yeah i love it, uh, it. <coughs> i'm reaching for my handkerchief here <laughs> <laughs> um and, uh and opinions or any other award anything you disagree with anything that you would really um that you really strongly agree with i i Go for i it. i i i'll say this i thought a dpo by i i don't have a complaint i think raymond green is a worthy winner i mean 67 15 you anchored your team's defense and uh, it was great i mean the the warriors didn't lose even when durant went out so obviously you know defense was up there they played well uh, and the, the the point that i was making was that there was not a significant drop off on the defensive rating when durant went out uh, as opposed to i think they went down a couple of uh, uh, significantly on the offensive end and yet they managed to win so raymond was worthy but i still feel that had rudy gobert won a dpoy i think that would again be recognizing the individual's value on a team which was nowhere compared to what the golden state warriors are uh the warriors have four all stars uh utah was the number what fourth seed in the in the west uh owing to a large fact to what he brought to that team i think his numbers were close to 12 12 3 on a nightly basis three blocks I think Rudy Gobert, if he had won Defensive Player of the Year award, it would have been great. That's a fair shout. Uh, I I could see that about going multiple ways as well. Karan, any uh, any disagreements? Any comments on any of the other awards? 
No, I was pretty happy with all of them. Like, I think Draymond deserved Defensive Player of the Year. Like, to me, he is the reason that they even play defense. If it wasn't for him, they'd be like the mid 2000s Phoenix Suns. Like, they'd be all <laughs> offense and and you know, or very little. I mean, yeah, Kevin Durant this year changed them, but but they have been an elite defensive team, pretty much uh, for the last three four years. You know, um, I guess the only thing I w- I would have given my Sixth Man of the Year award to Iguodala instead of the scorers. I I'm tired of these. Sort of just like off the bench gunners who just come back and come and score 18 points, always winning this award. Um, and my def- my coach would have been Popovich because I feel like as good as the Anthony was, uh, Popovich what he did with this team in the post Duncan era was really special. Uh, fair enough. Uh, he, he, are you guys ready for my hot take about the most improved player? Like this is. Go ahead. This Go is, ahead. This is I, I'm already ashamed that that you're that I'm gonna hear some Greek freak slander. Go ahead. It's not. It's not <laughs> Greek freak slander. I just don't think he's he's all that. Like, okay, he deserves the most improved player. He was obviously leaps and bounds better than anybody else's leaps and bounds from the previous year. But I can't see a scenario where he becomes somebody like LeBron James the way that people are talking it up. Like, I, I just can't. He's um. Like he's, so here's my, I, but 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 LeBron James is a very high marker. Like who the hell can become LeBron James? Yeah, Kevin I mean, Durant is one of the greatest players we've no, ever seen, yeah, yeah, and, fair, and fair, even fair, he I cannot agree. become LeBron James. I you know? agree. But so the way people are talking yeah. about it, like this will be Yanis's league in two three years. This will like everybody will want to be on his team. Who who wouldn't want to play with him? And like the the Bucks will be reaching the finals in in a few years time. I don't think that's gonna happen. So I think he wins MVP in a couple of years. Wow. Now, whether or not, like, I don't know if he reaches the finals, but I think he's 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 that good. He's once he gets a jump shot, he's going to be unstoppable. And which is the same thing we said about LeBron in his early years. So I guess that's sort of a comparison. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to be LeBron James. What, what do you, you don't? What do you think? You don't produce. <clears throat> no, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with him winning the award. I think that was absolutely fair. I agree. But I mean, if if we are talking about what his ceiling is, he has a very high ceiling. And if that ceiling is not LeBron James, I wouldn't be surprised by that because a player like LeBron James comes along once in probably 25-30 years. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, LeBron's body of work is already irrespective of what he does, how many more NBA finals he loses from here on. To me, he already is the best player post Michael Jordan since 1998. No, best. I have no hesitation in my mind to say that. I have no hesitation. You and you are free to disagree with that, but to me, LeBron. Yeah, to me, he's already done, and and what he did last year, especially what he did last year, especially in the 2016 Finals. Uh, irrespective of you know Draymond being suspended, which was his own doing, or Bogut not being available for Game Six and Seven, I think LeBron's legacy is a player like LeBron comes along once in 25-30 years. So it's it's not a knock on uh, 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 Giannis if he's not LeBron, but I think he still has a very high ceiling. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so um, while we're speaking of these players that only come along. Once every two decades or so, one of those players is Kevin Durant. Yep. This yes. Finals MVP, uh, basically the toast of the basketball world right now, yep. and he is coming to India, pretty Woo-hoo. freaking soon. Like, uh, Akshay, do you have the dates for it? Next month is what I'm told. I don't have the exact dates yet. So 
my my thesis statement before I be, uh, before I begin is that Kevin Durant is going to be the greatest basketball player to set foot on Indian soil. And uh, I'm going to back this up because I've been keeping a running list of every NBA player to have ever visited India in history. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, make uh, a, like a trivia game out of this. It's uh, uh, I don't have to answer. So so uh now, 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 before we get to the actual list of players, the, the first rumored NBA player to come to India, and I have I've searched everywhere on the internet for this, not to find, I haven't been able to find proof yet, but I've heard rumors somewhere, is Phil Jackson. Apparently, Phil Jackson in the 70s, you know, between his, between um, uh, retiring from the Knicks and coming back as a coach, he spent a lot of years just being a hippie in India and Nepal. Uh, and uh, I would, and I basically picked... For- being you know, spotted on Anjana Beach uh, in, in, I, in the 70s. I've heard he went trekking in the Himalayas and, you know, had a lot of mind-expanding experiences, so to say. <laughs> um, so if you want to blame someone for, for, for not drafting Malik Monk in 2017, it was probably his trip to Manali in the 70s. <laughs> or whatever. Good show. <laughs> um, now that said, uh, so I've, I, have you guys ever heard anything of this or am I just making this up? I, I have also heard this from you only, Karan, if you oh, okay. <laughs> So I, I also haven't, uh, and, and not not now, but I think you mentioned this to me in the past also. Hey, when was the last time you went to Manali, Karan? <laughs> Pretty recent. Well, I actually didn't go to Manali. I went uh, further up north from Manali. I've, I've never, I haven't been to Manali as an adult. So not the same kind of mind-expanding uh, moments. Um, so, 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 uh, uh, so uh, now the list is, and and in my opinion, it's it's it, it's a very perfect circle because until until Kevin Durant shows up to India, in my eyes, the best player to ever foot on Indian soil was Kevin yeah. Garnett, to, yeah. and he was the first one, the first yes. like proven one. This was October two thousand six. KG had won the MVP award in two thousand five, I think, and two thousand four, and a few years after this, he he. Changed Boston and won the Defensive Player of the Year award. So these were really his prime years. He was one of the best players in the world. Um, he and he came to India with, with on an Adidas tour. Um, he went to Delhi, Bangalore, and Agra. Yeah, and I remember you uh, following him around as a fan boy. I stalked uh, him. Yes, <laughs> I know. And he Karan has a picture, his own personal picture that he took when Garnett was. Uh, I- Walking around with those people following him. Am I right, Kara? You are right. I, I don't know if I've told this story in Hubertin before. He came. Yeah. I, I wasn't a journalist back then. I was just. Yes. I was just a student, and I decided. I heard he was in a school in Delhi, and I pretended to be a journalist. I showed up there, um, uh, and then as he was leaving, I asked him to join the Knicks, and he laughed at me. <laughs> That's great. That's that is, a great that is story. A great story. I, I thought you would have gone and said anything is possible, but he probably hadn't said it by then, right? Two years before that. Um, uh, so, yeah. and Okay. So, now in July 2008, India hosted the Basketball Without Borders Asia camp. This is the yeah. same famous Varanasi boy called... And so, the, and so, the people who were there were Dominique Wilkins, Sam Perkins, Ronnie Turiaf, the, the, right. the, the god, uh, Kyle Korver, Pat Garrity, and Linton Johnson. Wow. What a lineup. It was a great lineup, and uh, like I think Kyle Kovac ended up doing uh, some charity work with the Madhya Pradesh Foundation in Calcutta too. 
So I think he ended up being the first like NBA player in Kolkata. Wow. Oh wow. Um, now later that same year, uh, Robert Parish and Marty Conlon, who both of NBA now. He, I don't know if you, have you guys heard of Marty Conlon? Actually, you may have met him. Uh, no, I haven't. He worked in the NBA office, and he used to be a center for the Bucks in like the late 80s. Okay. And Robert Parish, obviously, everybody knows. Um, oh, and Oshik, in April 2009, the world's most famous virgin came to India. That's right, AC Green. <laughs> you, you, you've spoken about this on Hoop Cushion as well, so. Uh, um, um, so okay, if, so. Then, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, Pau Gasol. No, no, not yet. Okay. Tyrant Dave came in 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mutombo came in 2009. Um, he unveiled like basketball courts. And then in 2010 was like a pretty big summer because both Dwight Howard and Pau Gasol came. Yes, and I, and I went and got my own stalker picture moment with Dwight Howard back when I did not call him Dwight Coward. <laughs> back when you still wanted him to be a Laker? Yes. <laughs> um, Dwight was, uh, I think actually that, that was around the time you and I started working with NBA. Yes, yes. we started writing around that time, 2010-11. Because that was a pretty big summer, like, uh, can you imagine both, du- you know, Dwight and Pau were two of the best big men in the league then. Pau had just yeah. won the, the second of the back-to-back Laker mm-hmm. titles. Yeah. And yeah. he showed up with the trophy. Um, oh. It was a pretty big deal. Like, I-, I thought that, you know, like, that, I guess, before recent years, that was pretty much the biggest, the biggest people that bought in India. Right, but, uh, <coughs> yeah, go ahead. So then, uh, in 2011, George Gervin was here, the Iceman himself. Yes. Um, Sean Bradley came, but not with the NBA. He he came as to volunteer in a leprosy colony in Tamil Nadu. Apparently, wow. he does a lot of great charity work. Wow. Uh, so then, the NBA went through this phase of like calling, and and I've been noticing this. Uh, the phase has been, it's been guys who are like short, so uh, young Indians can relate to them. So it's been like Brandon Jennings and Muggsy Bugs and Isaiah Thomas. Or guys who are who have been role players in great championship teams, so um, you know, like okay, uh, Robert Horry, Luke Longley, um, Horace Grant, Ron Harper, Peja Stojakovic, like these Bruce Bowen, like all of these guys came up. Actually, did you cross paths with any of these guys over the years? Not with uh, uh, these guys, uh, but yes, I did do a face to face with Chris Bosh when he came just after. The Heat uh, won, I think, the second title. Uh, uh, I think it was that summer or was it the summer before that? I don't remember exactly, but I met met Chris Bosch after he won a title and he came to India. And it was just fantastic meeting him. The most humble guy and he was a giant. When I I stood next to him and I measured up next to him, it was just the most humbling feeling ever. So, yeah, I I also get to Chris Bosch. That happened in 2013. Yeah. Um, so the second title. So second title. Like, and, and and that was, in my opinion, until recently, the the best like produced India visit. It, they did a really good job with like the Chris Bosch event timeline. Yes. Yes. Um, so before that, I'll name a few more people that showed up. Uh, again, unofficially, Boris Diaw came in 2011 because he's really into wildlife photography. Mm-hmm. And and he went to the Bhandavgarh National Park in Madhya Pradesh. And like took photos of tigers. Oh wow! Which is just a really cool thing. Um, 
so another guy who we sort of forget was an NBA player was the ex coach of the Indian national team, Kenny Nat. He played in the in the league too in the eighties. Right. So, uh, uh, he, uh, obviously, he was in India for a long time. He was in India for almost two years. Um, Steve Smith came to India. Muggsy Bugs, I mentioned. Raja Bell was here. Um, uh, so okay, and this is this is the funny thing. So you guys know about the Sabio Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, historically, from the big, you know, you know, uh, in India. Um, so they used to have a team for a while in the early 2010s called Super Pump, which was an American team. It's like uh, sort of like four college players who didn't quite make it. So th- they would tour the world playing basketball. Jerome and. Uh, Lesser known players called Paul Grant and Anthony Bonner, who also play in the NBA. And these guys play in Bombay at the Sabio Cup and they won. That's incredible. Okay. Wow, that's I told serious you serious research, man. Yeah, I told you he's gonna win any trip. He can probably tell you what color shorts uh, uh, Boris Dio was wearing when he went to Bandhavar. <laughs> that's why I'm being like very <laughs> like systematic about this. <laughs> Boris yeah, okay, is then... is known to be a fan of photography and stuff like that. So I, I'm not surprised yes. that he went to Bandhavgarh. That's interesting. So, I, I, Karan, you spoke about um, role players on championship winning teams, right? And you mentioned Peja Sayakovic. So, I found this funny, interesting stuff a few days ago. Uh, can you believe it or not? The New Orleans Hornets team from back in the day, um, among, among that team, Tyson Chandler, Peja Stoyakovic, and now David West have all won rings, but Chris Paul hasn't. Oh, wow. That's that's an incredible yeah, stat, right? <clears throat> you don't even need to say not won a ring. They've not reached the conference finals also. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's a serious knock on, on Chris Paul's legacy. That, that, uh, is, a, that is a great segue to, to what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Next, <laughs> which is the free agency? Actually, you, you you're a pro at this. Um, so uh, wait, uh, so yeah, so we actually mentioned Chris Bosch. Uh, yes. Chris Bosch. Remember the Namaste Bosch song? Uh, I I don't remember it. Yeah, but yeah, now that you you mention it, there was a Namaste Bosch kind of theme that they'd done at that time. There was, there was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like going down the list, Muggsy Bucks came a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah, all-star Isaiah Thomas with the Boston Celtics when he was still with the Kings was here. Yes, um, he was with the Kings right. when he was People liked him. He was like a likable guy with the Kings, you know, but nobody thought he was going to be this big, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Came with, uh, with, with the commissioner and Vivek Ranadive in 2014 with, uh, with Adam Silverman and Vivek Ranadive. Um, Cedric Sokolos, the former Laker slam dunk contest winner, uh, came as a guest to the It was very random. Like, I don't know how they got him uh, to come to Chennai. And um, well, obviously, Sim Buller was here. Sim Buller played his uh, whatever, like three minutes in the NBA, but it counts. He did a bunch of things. First Indian origin player to be in the NBA. Jason Richardson was here. Brian Shaw uh, helped with the ACG NBA jump. Yes, Brian Shaw was here. Uh, and of course, Satnam Singh. 
Satnam Singh, like, he hasn't played in the NBA yet, so I, I haven't yet added him on the list. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Robin Lopez and Seth Curry came together. What? Yes. Uh, yeah. That last was year, last, last, last year. Seth Curry. So basically, the, the, the worst versions of both brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the lesser uh, version. The lesser. Oh yeah, sure. They're both, they're both good players. I like Robin especially. He's great. He's funny also. Um, and yeah, Robin did a bunch of cool stuff when he was in India. Like he, uh, like I, I, I know he just you know he went he went wild. If you just like YouTube Robin Lopez India stuff, there's a lot of hilarious stuff out there. Okay. Um, Sean Marion was here yeah, last year. Yeah, he was here. Yeah, December. Alex Scales, who played one minute in the NBA. <laughs> uh, played a lot of uh, UBA. Played play in the UBA. And yeah. most recently, Kenneth Fareed was here. Yes, just a, a month ago. Famously dipped Parleji into chai, which was my favorite moment of, of yeah. anything an NBA player has done in India. Um, yes. And now we come to... Like, so do you guys... Uh, any of this list... Um, like, the guys who were really good at the time... Uh, there was Kevin Garnett, Chris Bosh, Dwight Howard, and Paul Gasol. Do you feel there's anyone else who can challenge how good Kevin Durant is right now? So, in terms no, of I, coming in their prime? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, at the, at the time, like, as they're walking in India, there's never been a better player. No, I think, I think that's Kevin Durant for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. Um... Absolutely. I mean, uh, I had that initial, you remember Karan when we, in, I, I think we discussed this a couple of months ago after it was yeah. announced that Durant would yeah. be visiting India and I was thinking that, you know, uh, uh, Garnett coming, although at Garnett at that time, while he was a regular season MVP, he had not yet won a title, a title would come a couple of years later, but uh, I, just the kind of legacy that Garnett had uh I was wondering, but right now it's, I mean, it's without a doubt Durant is the biggest player to have ever come to in India in his prime. And he's going to be, um, uh, I think, officially the first NBA player to go to that uh, the NBA academy in India. And yes. I'm super jealous of those kids who get to hang out with Yes. Yeah, so Akshay, why don't you tell us anything you know about the uh, KD's upcoming trip to India? So, like I said, details have not yet been, you know, kind of disclosed uh, uh, as to his schedule, etc. But, you know, the fact that they've got, the NBA is getting a star in his prime and, and you know, probably one of the greatest players ever. Uh, you know, uh, it just shows their kind of commitment to, you know, growing the game in India. I mean... They could have easily got some other, you know, player. Let's say even if it was an all-star player, but to get someone of Durant's talent, uh, that just shows. And, and, and you know, like you said, Karan, that you probably envy that. And I know you said that uh, in a lighter, on a lighter note, that you know, you'll envy those kids over there. But just think about those 21, 24 kids who will get that opportunity. I mean, the opportunity to shake hand with someone who's an alpha star in the NBA, is an NBA champion in uh, currently, is a finals MVP currently. I mean, I can't think of what can be a bigger motivating factor. Probably LeBron coming or, you know, MJ coming. But It'll, Yeah, the only way they can top it is like LeBron, Steph Curry or yeah. Jordan. Like, they're the, that's or the Jordan. only level. Like That's uh, the only level. That's the only level. Hey, don't forget so, Kobe. Kobe as well. He's got a lot of fans here. Of course, Kobe too. Yeah, uh, Kobe yeah. too. Absolutely. Kobe, Kobe and MJ more from the legacy perspective. Yeah. But, uh, but I think what Akshay meant was... Current players. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah. 
so i mean you know so that it's it's just fantastic um akshay do you have any final words looking forward to free agency and the basically well, non stop summer of the nba no that that it's going to be very interesting uh, I, i i mean there's going to be stuff happening uh, it it doesn't happen that you know we're always i mean we've we've seen a couple of trades happen and we've seen uh, a, a lot of speculation around forcing this and all but we're still in june and stuff happens in july you know uh, so i'm expecting something really crazy happening and uh, i mean like we spoke about boston right uh, and we said that you know if if danny ainge is you know, kind of preparing for the post lebron era uh, irrespective of whether you agree with him or you don't like the move that he make i'm sure there will be gms out there who think that you know they can challenge the warriors so uh, if if they can make a couple of moves to kind of you know further strengthen their teams uh, uh you know why not and i think a team like uh, 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 and this won't happen immediately i mean the way the warriors are constructed right now uh, it will take teams at least a couple of years to perhaps catch up with them but you know you you already seen some good things happening with the minnesota timberwolves uh, we don't know what the spurs might pull off given you know the kind of uh, stuff that they have in terms of their management coaching leonard being there popovich being there so things are going to happen and and we know that the clippers are you know they've hired jerry west so that signals intent and that the lakers have magic johnson and you know they have shown their intent so there is going to be stuff that's happening so i mean in in i agree with akshay like a lot of teams are going to react to the juggernaut the warriors have become um and i actually predict that this will be the this will be the summer that like the most number of top 50 players will change jerseys like i think a large number of top 50 players will be in different jerseys now than they were we always saw jimmy butler doing it i think there will be a lot more do i have it is he top 50 anymore ah oh, you know he's yeah i guess it's so right? sad that it's seen... yeah oh that must be i can't like... believe that's a question that's a real question yeah <laughs> No, top 50 um, would be like the, second best player in in a team because there are like 30 teams or at least. Yeah. No, I don't well, think Dwight Howard is that. It's so sad. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, in in the way the NBA is played played now, Batum is more valuable um, <laughs> than Dwight Howard. No, I'm serious. Like, I think Batum is just the kind of player that you know he defends, he plays, you know, he can do all things. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Koshik? <laughs> anything looking forward to the i i'm the, actually really uh, curious as to what happens with the clippers because um uh, i feel like they've reached the maximum of what this particular group is capable of doing the big four or the big three as it is uh so i don't know if they continue and if if they continue like what what direction how much better can they really get uh and like are they kind of sick of playing with each other chris paul blake griffin deandre jordan like there must be some sort of retooling in the works for them to be seriously good so i I'm, i'm keen on finding out like where who ends up from that group uh akhir do you do you have any thoughts on what the clippers situation is uh, yeah so i mean i i don't see them continuing with the way they are currently constructed and i think they have the clearest signal possible with the coming of jerry west to that organization um the fact that they could not win a series against the utah jazz when they had home court when they had 
you know, I mean, there's no doubting Chris Paul is one of the great all-time point guards, right? He may not be top three for you, he may not be top five for you, but he is top ten, right? Uh, and when you have a great all-time point guard, when you have an all-star center on your team in in DeAndre Jordan, you have a man who's always in the sixth man of the year discussion in uh, Jamal Crawford, uh, and you have a reasonably good coach. I don't see how you lose that series to Utah. I, I, it is a big knock, right? So the fact that they've not been able to make it to the conference finals, even with you know when they blew that famous lead against the Rockets a couple of years ago, uh, after being up three-one, uh, I, I just think that they need to change things now. Whether Paul is at the center of that rebuilding or somebody else, I don't know what they're going to do. But they can't win the way they're currently constructed. I want Blake Griffin to end up on the Houston Rockets. I think that would be a great fit for everybody involved. Uh, they they need somebody to catch the ball inside, which Clint Capella was not capable of doing in the playoffs. And it gives them a really, really good alternative. And Blake Griffin can kind of like start the second part of his chapter. There as well. so, uh, are you guys like excited about that? I want to see him uh, in Oklahoma. I want to see him back in his home, uh, playing in Westbrook. I think that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be uh, great fun. Um, I it well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun summer, guys. Like it, I think it, there's gonna be a lot of changes in the NBA. I don't think it's gonna shut shut off. And KD is gonna be in India, so that'll be good. That yeah, is, that'll be great. That is definitely great stuff. Uh, so Akshay, as always, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's great to always chat NBA and basketball. Absolute stuff pleasure. Yes, absolute pleasure. Um, thank you again, Akshay, and enjoy your summer. Hope thank you get you to meet Katie. Are you are you gonna go meet Katie? Well, uh, depends on his schedule and all. I think he's here for very very short time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, yeah. Uh, anyways, thanks again for joining us, and hope to see you on TV again soon. I- uh, so I wanna I wanna thank Akshay Manwani for joining us on Hoop Darshan episode forty nine. Um, once again, sp- spending time uh, taking a deep nerdy dive into everything that was the NBA, and uh, l- listening to me rant as I talked about all these great NBA players who've come to India. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to to Akshay. Uh, he's one of the most knowledgeable, one of the most neutral. Uh, good guys to speak about in NBA and also I think it was really good to go through that whole list of people who have come to come to India uh, and it's, it's amazing it's a that surprisingly we, long list it is it is yeah I, I didn't expect it to be that long and you were obviously on top of it uh, as expected and it's great great to have Kevin everyone Durant from Kevin yeah everyone from Kevin Durant to Shandon Anderson they've all been <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, if you guys want to see that list, it's on my blog. Just Google search or my blog search every every NBA player to come to India. It was a very simple title. Uh, you, it's 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 a pretty like fascinating list. It is. It uh, current blog is the is the place for completely random lists like this, uh, stuff like this, and oh, stuff like Bollywood you. moments um, in in with basketball. I think, and like, I think these are compliments. These are these definitely. Are. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think that's that's a good note to end episode number forty-nine. We are almost there, Karan. Almost at half century. This is this is and huge stuff. I don't know what we're going to do yes. with uh, jersey numbers after that because I can't foresee anybody with jersey number fifty-three and like sixty-two and stuff like that. Uh, we'll have to figure out something else. Maybe yes. we, maybe we introduce it with some other stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, that, we are that, something. That 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 brings us to the end of this episode. As always, thank you so much for joining us on Hoop Darshan. If you want to reach out to Karan on Twitter, he's at Hoopistani. I'm at underscore Kaushik Seven. The podcast is at Hoop Darshan. We are also available on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, etc. Under the same name. So, uh, pretty pretty exciting stuff with for the Indian national team in the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully, we're we're here covering this with some sort of positive results in, in in the next few episodes so thanks karan and thanks to everybody who tuned in again and until next time hashtag india basketball